I would say almost every supernatural monster has a real-life origin story, and that includes werewolves. Now, I'm not saying they're real, but they do have a very real past. They were real to me as a little kid. At least one actor named Lon Chaney Jr. He was a werewolf in like the some of the older movies. I thought he was really a really a werewolf. I've never even heard of that person. I could not could not be fooled. Maybe he is. I don't know. I don't know to tell you, but. We are going to put aside some of these tropes, like the full moon tropes, the silver bullet tropes. Um, I don't know if Abbott and Castillo or whatever that was from had any tropes, but we're going to put those tropes aside, too, for just a bit and get the true story behind man becoming beast, if you will. I'm already liking where this is going. Liking? Wolf? Uh, uh, <laughs> no? Okay. Moving on. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Rituals, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Christine Schieffer. And I'm M. Schultz, and every week we'll explore the evolution of spiritualism and the occult through stories, practices, and the impact on modern culture. Today we're talking werewolves. I'm excited about this. I didn't have a lot to say about werewolves, but I did come up with a couple jokes for you. That's... We don't have time today. Sorry. Oh, Just kidding. Too bad. What is a werewolf's favorite drink? Fergo, like Fago? No, I don't know. Moonshine. Okay, that's pretty good. <laughs> and then what's their favorite uh, mineral, like gemstone? Did you come up with this? No, I, I really wrote these down because I wanted to look up some jokes no, But you. did you Google this or did you make these up yourself? No, I did not make these up. I'm not that smart. Okay, what's a, a werewolf's favorite mineral? Mm-hmm. I don't know. How light? Is that a mineral? Yeah. Okay, never mind. Okay, that one didn't land. Okay, one one, one out of two. Okay, great, great, great. Why not Moonstone? Okay, whatever. Anyway, I am very excited to talk about werewolves with you. I'm so glad I'm here then to teach you about the werewolf trials, about werewolves, the history, you know, what's real, what's not real. I can't wait. Let's crack into it. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So I know you have your own strange connection to werewolves as far as whatever that thing was you said earlier. Lon Chaney Jr. <laughs> is that a person? That's an actor? Yeah, he's an actor. He was in all the Abbott Costello videos, but or okay. he wasn't in all of them. Abbott and Costello weren't all the Abbott and Costello videos. But Lon Chaney Jr. played the the wolf man and there was a movie where they met Frankenstein and Dracula and Oh. I still really love Abbott and Costello. If that was if you've never given them a shot, go for it. But I highly suggest the spooky movie Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein featuring Dracula and the Wolfman. And I was convinced he was a real werewolf. I really thought if I were to bump into him one day, he he would take me to a full moon. And if I were really nice, he'd let me watch him turn into a werewolf. Wow. Maybe even give him a little scratch behind the ears. Maybe throw him some peanut butter treats. I don't really know what werewolves are into. Um, but yeah, I thought we we could, you know, be buddies. Well, my knowledge of werewolves is admittedly pretty limited, and I I would say it's 
the extent of it is probably Twilight. Mm -hmm. I was Team Jacob. I'm going to be honest with you on that. And Harry Potter, you know, I I feel like those are my only real insights into werewolf and pop culture. I know about like the I'm a Back to the Future nerd. So because of Michael J. Fox, I have seen Teen Wolf, but Mm. it did not impact me. Unfortunately for Mr. Fox, his performance was not the same as Lon Chaney Jr. No, well, whose could be, you know. You you said it here. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are the tropes that we've all heard. There's full moon, uh, like you mentioned earlier. The full moon is when the werewolf, when the man is transformed to beast, mm-hmm. if you will. Uh, the, the notion that silver bullets are the only thing that can kill a werewolf is something I've heard. Um, And then it does remind me a little bit of a vampire in that you have to get bitten, right, to, like, become one. And the silver as well. But kind of similar lore there. It also reminds me of the Hulk in some ways because a lot of times they're waking up naked the next morning not knowing what happened the night before. (laughs) Also drunk Sounds like me in New Orleans, am (laughs) I I right? (laughs) We both had that same thought. Okay. What do the Hulk, a werewolf, and Christine have in common? Hmm. Are you going to go add that to riddles.com or wherever you pulled this (laughs) jokes earlier? (laughs) Anyway, those are the tropes. Those are the ones that I know anyway. Is that where your knowledge lies as well? The buck stops there, yeah. The buck stops there. The, the bark. No, that was bad, too. Oh, What ouch. is wrong with me today? I don't know. You you get one little taste of telling a joke, and all of a sudden... All hell breaks loose. All hell breaks loose. And as far as werewolf trials go, this is something I didn't learn until you told me about it on And That's Where You Drink, and I, again, have forgotten much of it. But I do remember the the drama, the theatrics. It was... It rivaled the witch trials, I would say. Mm, I would say so, too. I will, from what I have retained, I would say so, too. Yeah, I remember it being quite a big deal and being surprised that I hadn't heard more about it. So part of the reason that the uh, werewolf trials are, well, okay, I would say the werewolf trials are similar to the witch trials in that, I mean, it's very obvious similarities in that, you know, innocent people were being accused of something they couldn't really disprove almost right like there was no proof that it wasn't true right right (laughs) how do you do that i don't really know and so in some very obvious ways there are similarities but whereas witch trials involved more supernatural accusations werewolf trials were a little different they oftentimes had to do with cannibalism wild i know i see the connection of like eating people right I guess. But also, I don't think one of the tropes I knew of werewolves is that they actually ate people. I just thought they bit them and then ran Me off. Me too. Me too. I huh. didn't know that either. Um, but breaking down walls, breaking down barriers here because I did not know that they were just ravenous killers. I thought they were just ravenous biters. That's right. We're breaking the case wide open. There's also a little Satanism involved. So why not? At why that not? Point. And the just scary stories creating fear surrounding w- people being werewolves. So uh, I cannot wait to get into this. Do you remember any of the men who were accused historically of being werewolves? I feel like I remember something about ointment. I remember them lathering oh, themselves. Oh my gosh. That, talk about a recovered memory. I remember I remember too. only because how often do I use the word ointment? And I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> So that was that's all I remember. But I I could not tell you the name of anybody. No. Okay, great. Well, we're going to meet some of the most famous ones. So let's begin with how we even got this concept of people turning into beasts to begin with from human to animal. 
Let's figure it out. So long before we started putting people on trial for it, the idea of this was written about in works including the poem The Epic of Gilgamesh from Mesopotamia Mm -hmm. in 2100 BC. I don't know about you, but I had to learn about that in English class in 10th grade. I was, uh, I think our our English 10th grade class was more focusing on Beowulf. Yes, I think those went hand in hand, if I remember. I don't remember Gilgamesh, but... I do know an unfortunate amount of Beowulf. So, and his mother, Grendel. Oh, okay. Grendel was a piece of work, let me tell you. <laughs> a piece of literary work. Let's leave it at work. A piece of a art. A literal literary piece of work is yeah. exactly what I was going to say. I'm so glad you understand. It was also written about in Greek mythology. So, we're talking like, woo, long, long, long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like most of these topics we cover on this show, the spiritualism, occult stuff, seems to stem back really far. It seems, whether it's Gilgamesh or Greek mythology, I feel like these topics are all real old school. Yeah, I wonder if it has, if it's because, like, they didn't have Christian root. It like, Greek mythology wasn't rooted in Christianity, so maybe it was... There's more occult history there. Interesting. If it's not Christian, then it must be pagan, right? It must be Satan. It must be. Also, like, I can see, like, sacrifices to the gods that they go hand in hand there. Or, like, I think there was actually a Greek goddess of witchcraft, right? Wasn't... I I don't don't know. know the answer to that one, my friend. If you were to watch Thor, his mother was a Norse god and she was also a witch. So you tell me. Well, I think you just told me. I think I just cracked the case. No, I do think there was there's a Greek god of witchcraft. I would bet money on it. So anyway, I guess that they grew up together in some way. They had those connections. Yeah, it makes sense. And some of the basic stuff like the mythos behind how things came to be. I think it makes sense that some of that still lingers. Hmm. So the stories from Greek mythology are pretty close to what we'll talk about today when it comes to real-life werewolf accusations because, like I kind of alluded to, it involved cannibalism. The idea uh, being if you're eating people, you must be an animal. So I can see where that connection kind of happened in people's minds. Oh, yeah. There are also stories about human sacrifices and cannibalism rituals being performed in the name of Zeus. So that adds that. Yeah. Meanwhile, Zeus is like, oh, my God, please stop. Like, I don't want this. (laughs) It's like, wait, 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 wait. It's like, why are we doing this for me? Don't put my name on this. Well, um, some of those stories were about Zeus himself being tricked into eating human remains. (laughs) Because what a fun prank, right? Can you imagine... First of all, knowing a god, then knowing him personally that he wants to hang out with you, then tricking him and then tricking him into something like that. Like that's, Yeah, tricking him full stop and then taking it too far. That's a lot of steps. It's a lot of steps to get personal with Zeus and then piss him off like that. Right. Like today we have Ashton Kutcher. Well, we don't. I guess in 2005 we did. I mean, we do. But we had punked in like 2008 <laughs> or whatever it was. Not necessarily the most modern day reference. But the kind of pranking that went on there was slightly different from what apparently happened to those Greek gods. I feel like in a world where Zeus and Ashton Kutcher know each other or have at least a, a person in between them, I feel like Ashton would have totally thrown a trick at him. But It sounds like Zeus is probably not going to be happy about this. I feel like he would hate also being unpunked. Yeah. You know what? Zeus, uh, he's he's got a lot of important things to do. And eating humans is not something I think that he's looking to add to his schedule. And unfortunately, (laughs) he's he was tricked into eating humans. And so the punishment, of course, they had to be punished. He would turn the person responsible into a wolf as punishment. Hmm. Interesting. And so. 
I think that's, you know, that's another connection there between werewolves and cannibalism. I feel like if someone tricked me into eating humans and I had the power to do anything (laughs) about it, turning them into a wolf is not on the top of my list. (laughs) I think maybe reversing time and not eating a human (laughs) might have been more. If I were a god, I'd be like, I just turned that into cheese and wine. I don't know. That's about as far as my magic powers are going to take me. Also, like, uh, like they're certainly getting punished if I can do anything about it. But a wolf is not like what's happening here. A wolf sounds like too nice of a life for you. I think I would just, if I could have the power to do anything in spite or in retaliation, it would just be like I would curse them to be slightly inconvenienced at every moment at every moment you got to play the the low and slow game it's yes. a marathon not a sprint you know yes i guess that just doesn't have as much pizzazz though for for one of these old mythological stories you know they only had so much time to write these things out by hand <laughs> i feel like <laughs> right. the long the slow game is not something they wanted to write out and wait for during story time all right let's get into the werewolf trials M. talk about the the theatrics the drama all of it all mm. of it rolled into one Oh, yeah. As we walk through the 15th to the 17th century, we find the werewolf trials that took place in parts of Europe. It's a very similar time frame and locations to the witch trials, which is interesting. So clearly these kind of went hand in hand in some ways. Everyone was hurting in some way. Everyone was everyone was being accused. Oy. You couldn't win, really, is what I like to think. Some of the werewolf blame was spun off of the witch trials. So in Switzerland, some accused witches were blamed for adopting wolf forms and killing cattle. So not only were they accused of being witches, but then they, on top of that, were accused for becoming wolves also and killing people's cattle. You would think that the witches and werewolves at some point got sensationalized into like having some sort of affair with each other. Because if the werewolves are killing cattle and the witches are destroying crops... They're just taking everyone's food. They're they just having are just eating and eating and eating. Just magical buffets together. Right? <laughs> Up in the clouds. They are having the most magical buffet. And I wish I were invited. Cattle and corn, um, cattle and corn. That's what that's <laughs> it's a real party. It's a classic. <laughs> also, like the witch trials generally, of course, it was the poor who were being targeted. It go seems figure. to be a go figure. It seems to be a pattern here. But they were usually taking the blame for other people's superstition, religious, and political clashes. So it seems like people had a problem and decided the blame had to go somewhere. And why not, as you like to say, kick them while they're down? <laughs> Tell me where it's wrong to say that. Yeah. Because that's what I would say you're 100% right. Yes. Yeah. You point the finger at the people who are already struggling. And mm-hmm. how are they going to defend themselves? I don't know. Right. Well, the accused would end up confessing after being tortured, which I think they um, conveniently called interrogated or questioned, but we now know was oftentimes torture. Right. What a nice, pleasant way of making it seem like these people weren't completely brutalized. Completely brutalized and forced into admitting something ridiculous. Yeah. Some historians think some werewolf suspects suffered from delusions or weren't smart enough to understand the charges, which is an interesting notion that like maybe they didn't even know. To be fair, it is a confusing thing to be accused of, right? Like sure. I mean, think back to the witches, you are the weather witches, you're stealing corn and giving it into the clouds. Like that's quite a wild thing to be accused of. So I understand why being accused of being a werewolf, you'd be like, you think I'm doing what? In the yeah. middle of the night and eating children, right? You know. Also, if they're if they're saying that they think they suffered from delusions, that also implies that people aren't just targeting 
people who are poor, but people who are mentally ill. That's a very good point. So they're just like finding every sort of person that is at the time seen as other or less than and just like, oh, you're the problem. Let's like, even if we were to get rid of you, who cares? Right. Like the most vulnerable of society and take them and mm. basically set this whole <laughs> whole entire historical phenomenon on their poor backs. Yep. Yeah. So after the torture, they would end up confessing, even though a lot of times perhaps they were mentally ill, perhaps they didn't understand what was even. Yeah. What the charges even were. Um, and then eventually the educated and elite stopped believing in the devil or animal transformation at all. <laughs> so suddenly they were too smart for it, I guess. They were right. like, no, no, no. Also, like, it must be supernatural that you, poor and mentally ill people, it must be supernatural that you're acting this way. But us educated folk thinking about animal transformation and the devil, that that sound, that that. <laughs> Like, we're cool with that. That makes total sense to us. That goes all the way back to Gilgamesh, okay? So I wouldn't even talk about educated. Yeah. Coming up, I'm naming names. Meet some of the most famous men who confessed to or were accused of being werewolves and what led to their persecutions. Were any of these men who confessed Lon Chaney Jr.? Honestly, jury's out, but probably yes. So it's sort of reminiscent of we've talked I've talked about at least a lot about this on and that's why I drink of satanic panic um, in the 90s where everything was blamed on devil worshipers and then kind of like a 180 it became sort of laughable like oh, okay devil worshipers but for a while there people were very very I mean really panicked really paranoid about teenagers summoning the devil and it's sort of the same idea with the werewolves it's like a they had their own panic era history just goes round and round folks doesn't it though yep. doesn't it oh yeah well as promised i have a roll call of some of the most well-known werewolf cases so we can get into even more detail on how this all went down so we got pierre burgo and michelle verdun in 1521 there are these two shepherds and they confessed to making a deal with the devil in exchange for food which is really sad sad because I feel like all you're asking for is food. You must be pretty in a hard place, you know? Yeah. like Things are that hard that you're just so hungry you're making a deal with the yeah. devil. Yeah. That's rough. That's super rough. I, I will say, and I've also been hungry and thought I was making a, a deal with the devil, but <laughs> no, I in this case, like they were simply just probably, probably poor. I mean, if they're not, if they can't even afford food and like they're, I guess, allowing themselves to go that far like they're allowing themselves to have to make deals with the devil to simply fill their bellies off they're just hungry yeah it's sad and they said they met a man in black who gave them an ointment <gasps> christine i knew the ointment was coming yeah you did you called it now i've used the word ointment in two different conversations in like the same year it's crazy i i feel like i've never said ointment in as much as I do when I'm talking about werewolves with somebody. So. Isn't that an interesting little twist? I mean, Weird I say river. it a lot as a as a parent of an infant diaper rash ointment, but mm. I guess werewolves is really the second most used term. Do we know what type of ointment this was? Was it diaper rash ointment? It was an ointment. I don't believe it was a desitin, but it was an ointment that turned them into werewolves. So I don't know oh. 
if that has a name, but it's it does what it says on the packaging, I guess. Don't accidentally give that one to your baby. It would turn Don't out very bad. put that on bad. their bottoms. Yeah, things <laughs> will turn south really quickly. Uh, they then hunted and ate children in the middle of the night. So they were so desperate to eat food that they made a deal with the devil. And they were so yeah. desperate to eat anything that the devil said, okay, I'll give you food. Here's people. Here's people. And I I mean, again, I'm assuming this is a result of some interrogation. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that these I don't know that these people were necessarily um, ointmenting themselves up. I think this is just another case of the panic gone Mm -hmm. too far. And therefore, both men were burned at the stake. Awful. As punishment. Uh, Very dark. We got another guy. His name is Gilles. Garnier, and he was a poor man, of course, who lived in the forest in the eastern French town of St. Claude. And in 1573, he was accused of killing children. (gasps) I mean, these are very, very big accusations. Killing children. Also, out of the famous cases, two for two now, it's about killing children. So I can understand why the first real thought was of other people was like, I don't even know if this is true or not, but if they're killing children at all, I want them to pay. Yeah, like it's like an immediate emotional response, probably an anger response Mm -hmm. and a fear response, I would imagine. So he confessed after being tortured, of course. He said he killed four children and fed their bodies to his family on a Friday. Oh. Now, I want to tell you that this is actually double sacrilege because... Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. According to the church, one shall not eat meat on Fridays. Uh-huh. And then the other sacrilege is murder, I assume. Is, yeah, the the whole part about killing the children and feeding them to the family. But it was on a Friday, which makes it just doubly as bad. I feel like I'm going to I'm gonna wager that probably more than just two acts of sacrilege happened around <laughs> that time. <laughs> but those are the main ones. Those are the two know? big ones that we're talking about here. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the, the Catholic Church, as someone who suffer i mean grew up in the catholic church uh <laughs> i i will say you know on fridays you're not supposed to eat meat but they that's when they do the fish fry and i'm thinking isn't a fish if that doesn't count as meat then mm. i i don't know it's all very confusing i feel like the church it certainly is christine i can tell you yeah. from, from an outside view looking within it is very confusing the logic may be out the window out the stained glass window. It's really not in the window, I'll tell you that. Not on the other side. He was burned at the stake despite there being doubts he was telling the truth, which I imagine there could be doubts about any of these people, but sure. such an extreme accusation. But I guess despite these doubts, he was burned at the stake. Oof. And then St. Claude's grand judge became convinced there was a bigger witches and werewolves problem in his town. So they arrested even more and charged even more okay. with these crimes. Um. Hmm. So, first of all, imagine you're a judge of a small town. This feels like a Halloween Hallmark movie where, like, you're already trying to protect your city from witches and out of nowhere, just werewolves are rampant. Like, what? Sorry, this feels like something my, like, QAnon grandfather would start talking about. I like He's like, there's lizards and there's there's wolves everywhere. It's a really good point, Emma. And as you said, history repeats itself. I'm just saying. History does repeat itself because QAnon started with people wanting to protect children from that little trafficking ring. You know what? I'm just saying. It's it's a little bit scary. I'm seeing a couple 
a couple overlaps here. I'm seeing some patterns. The judge claimed he had seen werewolves in his courtroom on all fours and they had to be under the devil's spell because how else could this be happening? Right. Of course. Now we have a little guy named Hans the werewolf. Okay. Okay. There was no evidence that young Hans ever murdered anyone, but he was still put to death in 1651 after confessing to being a werewolf. Uh-huh. Okay. Hans said for two years he unwillingly transformed into a werewolf after a man in black who turned out to be a werewolf bit him. Okay. Now, this is sad to me because he said he unwill- He did it unwillingly. He said it's not his fault. This man who bit him. That one does make fault. it. That makes it pretty. Hmm. And I like to assume that if any of them were confessing, a.k.a. being tortured for information, I'd like to think all of them were probably saying like, Okay, maybe I'm a werewolf, but I don't mean to. Or like, it I, it's not my fault. Like, I, it just happens. Or like, right, right. It probably goes in stages. Yeah. Like, what, what are you going to say? Yeah, I loved it. I mean. Right. Like, you already. Oh, well, that does make it extra sad when you realize that they were also still trying to negotiate not getting hurt or something. By yeah. Saying it it's wasn't a- their fault. It makes it really sad. It's a tough spot to be in. And so this guy in black who turned out to be a werewolf that bit him, um, of course, was considered evidence of Satan. Oh, woof. Get it? Ah, I do. No. <laughs> Sorry. At his trial, Hans showed the court his scar from being bitten as proof. Uh-huh. It's really sad. It turns out Hans was just a teenager scrambling to try and like appease the people who were torturing him. Aww. He just wanted out of the scenario. His scar was actually from a dog bite. Mm. And so he was put to death in 1651. It's just really Whoa. sad. I don't know why I'm still surprised because there's like you've been telling different versions of the same story, but it's every single one of them is just so miserable. It is. It's sort of like a downward slope. The second you're accused of something like this, there's no way out. How do you disprove it? Especially if you're a Hans and you're saying like, look, here's the bite. Here's like technically according to them, it would have been evidence. And it's like he was just trying to like appease the masses and just get home. He just wanted to be home. Well, probably the most infamous real-life werewolf true crime story is the case of Peter Stump. Okay. In Bedburg, Germany. Bedburg saw a series of murders happen between 1564 and 1589. And by the late 1580s, rumors of a murderous werewolf were going around. (laughs) Because that's what the rumor mill created, I suppose. Because we're on the set of a horror movie or something. Yeah, the gossip mill is grinding away and werewolves are where it's at Hmm. so the story says that men tried tracking the animal down this this is upsetting and at one point cornered it and cut its left paw off then they cornered it again and it transformed into peter what okay first off I feel like if you were able to corner a werewolf long enough to cut through its paw you had it cornered long enough to just kill it if you wanted to. If the plan was to kill a werewolf, you could have done it. I feel like they just were torturing anything that they could. I feel like it's harder to cut off the paw of an animal than it is to just kill it. You if know you I mean? can, if other people are holding a, a wolf down long enough for you to cut down the paw, they're holding it down long enough for you to do worse if the whole point of this was to chase down and successfully hunt a werewolf. But you clearly don't even want to do that. So no, like, it's not even the point, apparently. And then, okay, now also it turned into a human being. Yes, well, not just any human being, Em. It turned into Peter. Peter, Peter. okay. That's right. And this is where this will start to kind of, I say make sense, but make sense is not really 
that one out the window, uh-huh. the stained glass window, a long time ago. So <laughs> this is where it starts to make some sense in a way where uh, we we don't really know. There's a disconnect on what Peter's last name really is. Okay, it could be Stumpf, or in the German Stumpf, mm-hmm. or it could be Stump with two P's. Okay, because Peter, a farmer, was also missing his left hand. Oh. And that was just as much evidence as, like, the dog bite scar. And also, like, can you imagine being someone who, like, just doesn't have a hand for some reason? And, like, you're probably at some point had a period of time where you were wildly insecure about it. And now people are looking for you because of it, because that's their version of evidence that, like, you deserve to die. Or at the very least, I'm sure it was an inconvenience as a farmer in the 1500s, right? Like to, That to is be an excellent point. Missing a hand and then all of a sudden that's the thing that gets you accused of being, you know, this monstrous beast. Um, of course, he was tortured. They tied him to a stretching machine, which <gasps> oh, is one of those things that I really hate to think about. Authorities brought Peter into questioning, which, of course, in the 16th century meant torture. And um, after some time on the stretching machine, he confessed. Because why wouldn't you? I think all of us would. Uh Uh-huh. I'm going to go out on a limb and say he was doing it uh, under duress. Under duress, at the very least. Yeah. Peter said he practiced black magic since he was a kid. Then he met a devil who gave him a magical belt, which allowed him to transform into a werewolf when he put it on. And when he took it off, he became human again. But of course, this belt was never found. But also, I just think if you're a werewolf wearing a belt. Ha- fashion, fashion. How do you take it off? In How do you take form? it off? No opposable thumbs. Right? Here's the other thing. I wonder if Peter, which is like really sad, but like I wonder if he knew at this point he was like i'm gonna die i'm just gonna see how crazy my story can go and if they're just gonna believe it the whole way through and maybe i'll say something so crazy they'll be like this can't be true he's lying yeah you wonder what the thought process is in that desperation yeah yeah i mean truly he could have been just wildly tortured and even he started to believe it or maybe he thought that it actually made the most sense compared to anything else but i feel like if you're gonna go so far as to say like a belt which no one else has done it's such a weird a weird way to explain how werewolves are created. So I wonder. It makes if you was... wonder, though, if maybe the questioning went something like, oh, and like leading questions, you know, like, oh, mm. and he, did he give you a magic object? Yes. You know, what was it? Oh, yeah. A bell. I wonder if maybe they led him into some of these quote unquote facts or confessions. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to say uh, because, of course, they believed him and decided he was telling the truth. Okay. Peter said he ate livestock, women, and children for 25 years as a werewolf. <gasps> Whoa. And, of course, this made him a cannibal. I guess if it were true, yes. By definition, if he's eating people. By technicality, right? So Peter was executed on October 31st, 1589. His death was very gruesome, so we're going to spare the details on that one. But it was slow and horrific, so, you know... Do with that information what you will. Yeah. Just another sad tale of how, uh, you know, people got roped into this and really couldn't find their way out. Up next, I've got some medical explanations for the possibility of the existence of werewolves and how pop culture has created their own interpretations. Very exciting to see how we have gotten all the way from 
all those horrific stories to like Abbott and Costello. Teen Wolf. Oh, <laughs> I was going to go even farther and be like MTV, <laughs> like Tyler Posey. Like what? Like what? Okay. <laughs> Excited to see how we, how we end up there. Now we're going to get into kind of the medical, possible medical explanations for why werewolves might exist, why people would even confess to being a werewolf, or why they would even think that they were one. Okay. So doctors would testify that those who confessed possibly suffered from depression, mania, or delusions, but also there's a thing called a stretching table that might have had something to do with it. Right. The, the thing that I imagine only Renaissance fairy tales have that were like, the, it's that bad part before the... Someone comes to save you. Only the German fairy tales, the really dark ones. Yeah. <laughs> right. I can't imagine torture devices existing in real life. Just I can't imagine. I'm that person at the uh, Renaissance Fair who refuses to go into the torture museum thing because I can't. Yeah. I can't cope with it. It's too much. I feel like if they're saying that those who confessed possibly had these things, I would argue that they definitely had it after they confessed. Like, Depression? Yeah, absolutely. I would say they had a lot of issues after trauma of being held somewhere, tortured, knowing they're going to die because it doesn't sound like anyone survived this. Right. I mean, the doctors were, I guess, on to something. I feel yeah. like anyone with eyes could have made the same conclusion, <laughs> though. So I totally agree. And I feel like they conveniently forgot to kind of include the torture part, but they did probably hit on something with the rest of it, like the depression. Mm -hmm. I would totally agree. Some doctors, however, went a different route and concluded that it was it could definitely be Satan involved. Well, well, it could always be Satan, no matter what we're talking about. <laughs> to be fair, that's always a possibility. <laughs> Again, I cannot not be sure of that. So impossible to disprove. Like that's the connection here. Everything's impossible to disprove. I feel like doctors who are supposed to be about like stats and logic really were just throwing anything at the wall just to see what would happen. <laughs> doctors of that time were a crazy bunch. Okay. I mean, you could kind of just say, hey, I'm a doctor, right? And uh, lo and behold. <laughs> if you could say something as obvious as people being tortured or depressed later. I th and I think they'd be like, oh, <laughs> got to schedule my point with the doctor. What obviously. a genius. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's also diseases like porphyria, which can lead to symptoms, including sensitivity to light, reddish teeth, psychosis and excessive hair growth. So that mm. could have been something that, again, somebody who looks different from the rest of society might sure. be targeted for that. And then there's your favorite punny word, lycanthropy, mm -hmm. which is when someone thinks they're a werewolf. And if you didn't get M's hilarious joke earlier, what was the joke again? I think I said uh, something about me liking the story. Liking it. Yeah. That'll all make sense to you now. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you just didn't think it was funny to begin with. I understand. It's possible. It's staying in the episode, though. So I don't know. It is. Now. It's just that's our decision. Sorry. So lycanthropy is when someone thinks they're a werewolf, and that could be from hallucinogenic herbs, mushrooms, etc. So that could just be you ingest something and it gives you a sort of delusion that you are a werewolf, and that's called lycanthropy. It's also called just tripping balls. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. the medical term, Dr. M. Uh, yes, precisely. And so those are kind of the things that are possibilities as to why somebody would have confessed 
those are possibilities aside from the stretching table, you know. Mm -hmm. But now we're going to get into the cultural impact. So besides your Abbott and Costello, you're really timely, hot off the presses reference. Timeless, mind you. Time. I'm sorry. You're. Yeah. I'm wrong. You're right. The timeless reference. So there's also Universal Studios movie Werewolf of London from 1935. Into the 40s, uh, Universal made more werewolf movies. I guess this was just a hot topic at the time. Huh. In 1981, there was an American werewolf in London. Then we scooch a little forward to 1985 and we got Teen Wolf starring Michael J. Fox. There it is. There's my man. There's the one. One and only. And then in 2009, we had The Vampire Diaries. That was definitely kind of our time. Mm -hmm. And it had a few spinoffs. And then there was Teen Wolf on MTV in 2011. Another two classics of our upbringing were Twilight, like you mentioned earlier. Twilight. And True Blood. And True Blood. And there was also, you know, Werewolf Mentions and Harry Potter. So, I mean, it really is, has seeped very strongly into our pop culture, like from the 30s onward. Speaking of Werewolf of London, did you ever hear the song Werewolves of London? No. So I used to listen to that as, as a kid with my dad. And I'm pretty positive Sweet Home Alabama ripped off Werewolves of London because every time they start, you cannot tell which one it's going to be. Werewolves of London. Ah, uh, Werewolves of London. But it's the same music underneath. Just play. Just <laughs> everyone, here's your homework. Go listen to Werewolves of London and then listen to Sweet Home Alabama and tell me it's not the exact same song. And then you make up your own opinion about that. Okay, Em. Uh, I will be sure to do that later, and I will totally not forget. <laughs> so all of these werewolf stories, I feel like the running theme between the pop culture version of werewolves is cute teen boys, I feel like, tends to be a running theme, at least from what I remember of these shows. I also feel like we should mention that I'm not loving in Twilight, that all of the wolves were indigenous people and also Absolutely. considered beasts. Absolutely. We could unpack that a lot more if we'd like, but let's just mention it and throw it into the world and you, you do let's what you want with Let's just say we see it, you know? We, we see, see it, it and we don't like it. We see it. Yeah, so I think that was definitely something that probably in the 1500s wasn't necessarily like, oh, let's find the cute boy and... Like, it was not as, <laughs> clearly, not as romanticized back then as it is now. I think being a werewolf in 2000s TV shows was a much cooler thing than it probably was in the 1500s. And probably, probably did not involve eating children. It certainly has become weirdly sexualized. But also, yeah. you could argue, so has every every cryptid out there. But werewolves are cryptid with an actual very dark past. So That's true. That's true. For people who've actually been hurt. That's a really good point. So... What do you think, Em? How do you feel relearning all of this about werewolves? Mm. Well, I really had no idea. I, at one point, I must have to have told you the story before. But with today's brain, I really don't think I was aware of the dark undertones. I just don't even compare it in my mind to the witch trials, which is so mm -hmm. wild because I feel like everyone know something about the witch trials, but, you know, why aren't the werewolf trials getting that same kind of energy? I think in my mind, they were just some sort of fable or lore that didn't come with all the really horrible cringe mm -hmm. stuff beforehand. So I'm glad that we're bringing it to the public's attention. Agreed. I am very surprised about the earlier connections, uh, even before the trials of like Zeus and all that. Did not see Greek mythology coming into this. No. 
But yeah, I don't think Lon Chaney Jr. is a werewolf anymore. That's for sure. You know what? And that's the biggest takeaway and the biggest kind of growth moment I think you've ever had on any of our episodes. If this episode was meant for anyone, it was for me to unpack some some childhood stuff. And I'm glad we did that. It was really just an intervention for you. It was you. important. Important. It was a, a never mind. I was going to do another pun and I, I'm going to stop. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'd also like to add, um, I think you made a really powerful point that is going to stick in my brain forever, which is how history repeats itself and how nowadays we still have people accusing other people of being various Mm -hmm. mythical animals, like Mm -hmm. perhaps a lizard. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have people accusing people of unspeakable crimes involving children. Children. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's you made that connection and I cannot unsee it. I am always a little bit thinking about QAnon, so... (laughs) Oh, that's a dark life to live, but yes, I understand. I keep it at a very far distance, but I am always aware of it somewhere in the the back of my noggin. As we probably all should be, just to keep ourselves aware and on our toes. It's a very interesting, in-real-time frame of reference to when we talk about other stories. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, it is weird that we have not changed much as people. Yeah, because, you know, you see these topics and it feels so distant and far away. And then you think about it and it's like, well, wow, human nature is still pretty same old, same old. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So that really, uh, you blew my mind. Em. But, uh, well, that's, I guess I'm out then. That was what I wanted to do. So <laughs> why don't you quit that's while it. you're ahead? <laughs> <laughs> so do you believe werewolves actually exist is my last question for you. The only one it, it could have ever been for me was Mr. Cheney and... I think today we have uh, broken the the vision. We've crossed him off the list, huh? I don't think there's a werewolf out there. I'm obviously a big believer in ghosts, a big believer in aliens. But the second it turns into like a cryptid situation, I have always Agreed. been skeptical of that. I'm open-minded, but I think I'm just... Even if decades ago there was someone who actually did have like excessive hair on their body or something, now we know with science that it was not whatever they were claiming it was back then. Absolutely. And it's very troubling connotation to mm-hmm. accuse them of being some sort of beast. Yeah, exactly. Again, kick them while they're down. They like people are already aware if they're not fitting into a certain of bubble. their differences. Right. <laughs> and now you're just going to like put them on full blast and also torture and kill them. So, yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to just do a, a firm no to werewolves. Well, I'm, I'm in uh, the same camp. I think it's a dangerous thing to accuse people of this kind of thing for very obvious historical reasons, I guess I should say. I'm going to side with you on this one and say, mm, probably not going to accuse anyone of being a werewolf anytime soon. Fair enough. Even if I thought werewolves did exist, I'm certainly not going to point fingers at anyone except Lon Chaney Jr. <laughs> He's still slightly, slight possibility. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Information on today's episode came from History, The Conversation, History Collection, and History of Yesterday. Remember to follow Rituals on Spotify to get a brand new episode every week. And you can listen to this and all other episodes of Rituals for free exclusively on Spotify. And if you like this show, follow at Parcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. You can follow me on social media at xteenschiefer. And you can follow me at VM Schultz. Thanks again for listening and see you next week. Rituals is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from Parcast. It was created by Max Cutler. 
Sound design by Kristen Acevedo with associate sound design by Jamie Ryan. Fact-checking by Cheyenne Lopez. Research by Chelsea Wood. It's produced by Kristen Acevedo and Jonathan Ratliff with production assistance by Ron Shapiro. We are your hosts, Christine Schiefer and M. Schultz. Thank you.